Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's Magic Chapter 6 The Heedless Breaker It was such a beautiful spring day. It had been dark and rainy in the morning when Sharon left the house for school, but now at 3.15 the sun was shining. There was a nice little springy breeze to send the clouds tumbling, and the big old peach tree in the Rogers' front yard was covered with fat pink buds. Sharon Rogers said goodbye to her best friend, Mary Lou Robertson, banged open the front gate and left it swinging, dropped her library book in the wet grass, and she knelt down to hug her little Dutch hound, Missy, forgot about the library book, and went running up to the front door, banged it open and shut, tossed her galoshes and raincoat onto the floor of the hall closet, dashed into the living room to kiss her mother, didn't notice that her mother had company and was drinking tea, grabbed her around the waist from behind in a big bear hug, which sent the teacup flying across the room where it hit a little table and broke into a dozen pieces, and it sprayed tea all over the rug. Mrs. Rogers sighed as she kissed Sharon and said, Sharon, dear, please try to be more careful. I love you, and I'd love to have you hug me all the time, but won't you please look first to see if I have a cup of tea in my hands? Now say, how do you do, to Mrs. Green, then run and get the dishcloth. Sharon's sweet blue eyes filled with tears, and she said, How do you do, Mrs. Green? <clears throat> oh, Mother, I forgot. I'm so sorry. Her mother said, I'm sure you are, dear. Now hurry and get the dishcloth before the tea dries and stains the rug. Sharon ran to the kitchen, and Mrs. Rogers sighed as she picked up the pieces of broken cup. This was the eleventh cup Sharon had broken this week. To say nothing of seven plates, four vases, a blue sugar bowl, and a mirror shattered the week before. There was a splintering crash from the kitchen. Mrs. Rogers excused herself to Mrs. Green, and still carrying the pieces of broken cup, hurried to the kitchen. She found Sharon sitting in the middle of the floor, surrounded by broken pieces of a jar and spilled spices. The little old spice cupboard, which Mrs. Rogers had inherited from her grandmother, was clinging to the wall by one nail, empty and with one of its fragile shelves splintered. Mrs. Rogers said, "'What in the world happened? I thought I sent you for a dishcloth,' Sharon said. "'Well, the dishcloth was hanging on the little rack by the spice cupboard, "'and I was reaching for it when I remembered the hard candy you keep up there on the high shelf. "'So I climbed up on the stove and just put one foot on the spice cupboard, "'and I didn't know it would break. I'm sorry, Mother.' Mrs. Rogers sighed as she reached for the dishcloth, still hanging on the little rack. She said, Oh, Sharon, won't you please try to be more careful and not so heedless? Now pick up this mess and go up and change your clothes. Your cookies and milk are on the table. She took the dishcloth and went through the swinging door to the dining room. Sharon jumped to her feet, rushed over and grabbed the broom and began sweeping vigorously at the spilled spices. Forgetting or not noticing in her heedless hurry that the largest and fullest jar of spices had been one of black pepper, Mrs. Rogers, coming through the swinging door to return the dishcloth and fill the teapot, caught a little broomful of pepper square in her face.
Achoo! 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 She sneezed as the teapot lid rattled and Sharon continued to spread the pepper through the kitchen. Pepper! Be careful! Achoo! Achoo! Mrs. Rogers rubbed her smarting eyes. Sharon stopped sweeping. Pepper, where? She knelt down to look at the floor, carelessly letting go of the broom, which fell down and wrapped poor Mrs. Rogers across the instep. Ouch! she yelled, bending down to rub her sore foot just as Sharon, who hadn't noticed that she had dropped the broom on her mother, grabbed a handful of pepper and without looking, thrust it up over her shoulder and said, Is this pepper, mother? Mrs. Rogers caught this handful of pepper right in the left eye. She gave a yelp of pain, rushed to the sink, and began throwing cold water on her face. Sharon, instantly sorry, said, Oh, mother, I didn't see you. I'm terribly sorry. Mrs. Rogers said, Go upstairs before I lose my temper. Well, you don't have to be so cross about it, Sharon said, banging open the swinging door, which caught Mrs. Green, who was just coming out to see if she could help, between the eyes and knocked off her rimless spectacles. My heavens, what happened? said Mrs. Green, who couldn't see without her spectacles. Oh, I'm so sorry, said Sharon. Did I hurt you? She stepped forward solicitously, and there was a loud crunch. Oh, said Sharon, look, I've stepped on something. Mrs. Green said, oh no, my glasses. And Sharon said, oh yes, and began to cry. Mrs. Rogers, who was still at the sink trying to wash the pepper out of her eyes, called, Sherwood Rogers, go, right, upstairs, and stay in your room. Sharon went. Poor Mrs. Green knelt down and began fumbling around on the floor for the broken glasses. She was hoping that there might be one glass or perhaps fairly good-sized piece of one glass that she could hold up to her eye and see to go home. She found the glasses at last, but they had been ground to dust by Sharon's heel. So Mrs. Rogers, her eyes red and swollen and sneezing, every five seconds, had to lead her friend home. Sharon, from her bedroom window, watched them grope their way along the street through the spring afternoon, and it made her cry harder than ever because they looked like two feeble old ladies who had just been to a funeral. At half-past six, Mr. Rogers opened Sharon's door slowly and carefully, and then guarding himself with his arm, he said, Dinner's ready. You may give me one kiss, careless Carrie, but be gentle. Try not to black my eye or break my arm. Sharon gave her daddy a hug and said, Oh, daddy, I don't mean to do such careless things. I didn't mean to break Mrs. Green's glasses. He said, I know you didn't, but that doesn't help Mrs. Green, see? You must learn to move more slowly, to look before you leap. You're only eight years old, and I'd like to keep you for another twelve or thirteen years at least. But at this rate, you're breaking things. I won't be able to afford it. Let's see, last week you broke eleven cups. There are fifty-two weeks in a year, and fifty-two times eleven is five hundred and seventy-two cups a year, and we have at least twelve more years to go. 
that would be 6,840, no, 64 cups. Wow. They went down to dinner and Sharon was very careful and didn't jerk her chair or bang the table as she sat down. Then she cleared off the table. She moved slowly and carefully and only spilled a little French dressing in her mother's lap. She continued to be very careful while she was helping with the dishes and as a result didn't chip or break a single thing. When the last dish was dried and the dish towels were hung up, her mother gave her a kiss and said that she was awfully sorry about the mishaps of the afternoon and now to give her father a kiss and hurry to bed. Sharon was so happy that she had not been heedless that she rushed into the den to tell her father, forgot that the door stuck and gave it a hard jerk, slipped on the rug, fell against the hall table, and knocked over and broke the little red Chinese bowl of white hyacinths. Mrs. Rogers cried because the red bowl had been a wedding present. Mr. Rogers shouted because the carpenter, who was supposed to have fixed the door, charged so much and didn't do anything, and Sharon cried because her heedlessness had spoiled the whole evening for her mother and father. After Sharon had gone to bed, Mr. and Mrs. Rogers sat up very late, worrying about Sharon's heedlessness. Mrs. Rogers thought perhaps Sharon should have dancing lessons to make her more graceful, and Mr. Rogers thought she should have a sound spanking every time she broke anything. Mrs. Rogers thought the elocution lessons were what Sharon needed to give her poise, and Mr. Rogers thought Sharon should pay for everything she broke out of her 25 cents a week allowance, and Mrs. Rogers wondered if Sharon's eyes needed testing, and Mr. Rogers said that he thought that a good sound spanking and paying for everything she broke was the solution. Mrs. Rogers said that she had heard that trouble with the inner ear affected children's balance, and perhaps this was a result of chickenpox. And Mr. Rogers said that as Sharon had had the chickenpox four years ago and had only been a heedless breaker for two weeks, he thought the theory was ridiculous. He thought that a good sound spanking, paying for everything broken, and not going to the moving picture show on Saturday afternoon was the answer. Now, when he was a boy, when he broke the little buck saw, which he had to saw great heaps of wood every single day after school, rain or snow, his father had made him pay for it all himself, and he had to earn the money after he had sawed the wood. Mrs. Rogers said that she thought she would go to bed and read. Mr. Rogers said that he was the... Tr that she was the trouble with Sharon, and Mrs. Rogers refused to face facts. Next morning, Sharon wakened to find sunbeams in her eyes and a fat robin sitting on the tree outside her window and scolding her. Sharon said, Oh, you darling robin, I'll get right up. She jumped out of bed and started for the window, forgetting that the night before she had been oiling her roller skates and had left them in a heap on the floor right in the middle of the room. The poor little robin was surprised and very scared when Sharon tripped over the roller skates and came banging against the window screen so hard she bulged it way out. The robin flew away and Sharon began to cry, which was a very poor way to start a lovely spring day. When Sharon jumped into the shower without her shower cap and got her thick brown hair soaked, 
Then, when she was finally dressed and ready for breakfast, she just happened to find her favorite old golf ball and gave it one bounce on the stairs, and it got away, bouncing way up high and broke off three of the crystal danglers of the high chandelier. Then she sat down for breakfast, forgetting about the table leg. In spite of having been told about it every single morning for the last three years, and when her knee hit the table leg, it joggled the table and slo- and slopped the orange juice, the coffee, and the cream, Mr. and Mrs. Rogers just looked at each other. Sharon, very red in the face, began eating her cereal. When she finally left for school, after shaking fountain pen ink all over the hall carpet and turning the house upside down, looking for the library book, which was finally found, all wrinkled and wet down by the gate, Mr. Rogers said, I still think a spanking, paying for everything she breaks, and not going to the movies on Saturday is the answer. Mrs. Rogers said, If you tell me about the old bucksaw, which you nastily which your nasty, stingy father made you pay for once again, I'll scream. Mr. Rogers said stiffly, I had no intention of telling you about the bucksaw. I was going to ask if you had thought of calling Mrs. Pigglewiggle to see if she had any suggestions for curing our little heedless breaker. Mr. Rogers said, Oh, Herbie, darling, of course, Mrs. Pigglewiggle. Why didn't we think of it? She'll be sure to know of something. Oh, you're so smart, dear. She gave Mr. Rogers a kiss, and he went beaming off to work. When Mrs. Pigglewiggle heard about Sharon's heedlessness, she said, Oh, I have just the thing for that. It's a magic powder which you sprinkle in a heedless breaker's bed. The magic powder is absorbed during the night, and the next morning, when Miss Heedless Breaker gets over a gets out of bed, she will find that she can only move very, very slowly. I'll send you enough for two days, which should be the trick. Let's see, this is Thursday. I'll send the powder over tomorrow afternoon. Goodbye, Mrs. Rogers, and don't worry, Mrs. Pigglewiggle hung up. Mrs. Rogers called Mr. Rogers right away to tell him what Mrs. Pigglewiggle had said, and Mr. Rogers said, sounds fine. But if that doesn't work, I still think my method should be tried. A good sound spanking would at least make Sharon careful about sitting down, he laughed callously. Mrs. Rogers said, Mm-hmm. Don't be late tonight, dear. We're having cheese souffle. That afternoon, in spite of great precautions on Mrs. Rogers' part, Sharon tipped over her milk, stepped on Missy's foot, broke a basement window, and stepped hard on two poor struggling shoots of Mrs. Rogers' most prized delphiniums. With each little accident, Sharon seemed truly repentant and promised tearfully to be more careful, but in five or ten minutes crashed bang and something else would be broken. Just before dinner, she whizzed up to the back steps to take off her roller skates, of course didn't look behind her, and sat down splash in Missy's water base. Mary Lou Robertson laughed until tears ran down her cheeks, but Sharon was mad. She ripped off her skates, threw them in the porch, and stamped upstairs to her room. When Mr. Rogers came home early because of the cheese souffle and found that it wasn't quite ready, he decided to do a little pruning. So, grabbing the pruning shears 
and with his cutting eyes aimed towards anything in the garden showing signs of life, he threw open the back door, strode out into the spring evening, tipped, tripped over Sharon's roller skates, took a flying leap off the porch, and landed with one foot in the garbage can and the other on the rake which Sharon had left laying by the steps after retrieving her ball from the porch roof. As he stepped on the rake, the handle came up and hit him smartly in the nose. Mr. Rogers was so mad he roared, Marjorie Sharon! And it came altogether, Marjorie Sharon! When Sharon timidly opened the back door, he pointed at the roller skates and said, Did you leave those skates there? Did you leave this rake here? Yes, said Sharon in a tiny little squeak of a voice. Well, said her daddy, your careless heedlessness has almost lost me my life. I am now going to give you a spanking. And he did. And so dinner was a snuffling red-nosed meal filled with cold looks and long silences and the cheese souffle, which was delicious. Mrs. Rogers was secretly pleased to note that Friday, in spite of Mr. Rogers spanking, Sharon seemed more heedless than ever. She dropped the waffle iron and tipped over the syrup at breakfast. She banged through the swinging doors into her mother, who was carrying a platter of sausages, so that sausages flew through the air like little zeppelins, and a big blob of grease landed on Sharon's bangs. She turned on the water in the kitchen sink so hard it sprayed all over her clean midday blouse and soaked the front of her nice, clean, pleated skirt. She banged the front door so hard the house shook, and Mrs. Rogers knew delphiniums fell off the window sill, and the pot broke into a million pieces, and the dirt scattered all over the hall. The last the Rogers saw of their daughter, she zoomed through the front gate on one roller skate, banged into Mary Lou, who was waiting for her, so that Mary Lou went flouncing off to school alone, took off the roller skates, tossed it over the fence into a bed of crocuses, and ran after her best friend. Mr. and Mrs. Rogers watched her until she rounded the corner. Then they went back to the breakfast table and had another cup of coffee. Mr. Rogers said, if Mrs. Pigglewiggle's magic powder doesn't work, I think we should move into an old bomb shelter until Sharon grows out of this awful heedless breaker stage. Mrs. Rogers said, I still think that dancing lessons might be the answer. Mr. Rogers laughed. He said, Yeah, I can just see her leaping around, kicking the teacher in the eye, and knocking down the other pupils. The only difference would be that she'd be busting things to music. They both laughed. About 4.30 that afternoon, Larry Gray brought Mrs. Rogers a package from Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Inside the package was a small can. Like a talcum powder can with holes in the top, the can was marked Cure for Heedless Breakers. And the directions read, Sprinkle powder thoroughly over Heedless Breakers' bed. Use two nights in succession. Mrs. Rogers, who had been waiting for the powder before making Sharon's bed, ran upstairs, threw back the covers, and dusted the entire bottom sheet with the powder. There wasn't much left when she got through, but she thought the first day is the most important anyway. 
That night, Sharon went to bed, having no idea what was in store for her, and slept soundly. But both Mr. and Mrs. Rogers were restless and nervous and dreamed terrible dreams about magic and their poor little girl. When Sharon woke up the next morning, she was very surprised to find both her mother and father standing by her bed staring at her. How do you feel? they asked anxiously. Sleepy, said Sharon, and yawned very slowly. Hurry and get dressed, said her mother. I'm going to make French toast. Goody, said Sharon, and started to leap out of bed. Instead of leaping, she was very surprised to find herself moving like a queen, slowly and regally. Her body felt very, very heavy, but smooth and sort of floaty. It was very pleasant. Sharon's usual custom in the morning was to jerk out of her bureau drawers so hard they almost always came all the way out and dumped everything on the floor. This morning she went over to her bureau to get some clean socks and reached for the drawer handles and was surprised to see how slowly and carefully her fingers grasped them. She tried to jerk the drawers out, but her arms moved back slowly, and the drawers pulled out gently and just far enough for her to be able to reach her socks without any trouble. When she had finished, she tried to give the drawers a shove, but her hand wouldn't come away. It pushed the drawer all the way in, carefully and slowly. When Sharon sat down in her little rocking chair to put her socks on, she found that she moved slowly and as though controlled by strings like a puppet. Usually, Sharon jammed her feet into her socks so hard that often her toes would go poking right through the ends. This morning, her foot wouldn't poke. It would move forward slowly and gracefully as though she were putting on spiderweb socks. Her socks looked nice, too. The tops were turned down, and even the heels were on her heels, not in front, as they often were. It actually didn't take Sharon any longer to dress. This was new and careful way of dressing because she didn't have to stop and get other socks after poking holes in the first ones, and she didn't have to stop and cry and rub her knees, her toes, or her elbows after tripping over, bumping into, and knocking down the furniture. She saw her old golf ball on the desk and carried it down to the breakfast table, but she didn't bounce it on the stairs because she was moving slowly and had time to remember what had happened before how it had bounced and broken her mother's crystal chandelier. When she walked slowly into the breakfast, carefully pulling out her chair, sat down gracefully without bumping the table leg, and daintily unfolded her napkin, her mother and father looked at each other and beamed. Breakfast was a gracious, quiet, pleasant meal, and the French toast was delicious. After breakfast, Sharon washed the dishes for her mother, and her new, slow, careful way of doing things made it seem like an easy job. She was thorough, in, and she was through in no time with nothing broken and everything put away in the right place. Her mother was so surprised and pleased when she opened the icebox door to find that Sharon had not, as was her usual practice, put the big plates with tiny dabs of food on them, and had not balanced the syrup jug on the glass of milk, had not crowded things so that when Mrs. Rogers opened the door, at least three dishes jumped out at her and crashed.
Sharon was sweeping the back porch, and Mrs. Rogers peeked out the door and watched her in amazement. Instead of standing in the middle of the porch and sweeping from the side to side with big, careless sweeps so that dog bones, dust crumbs, and leaves went flying in every direction, including her hair, Sharon was sweeping with small, careful strokes, and everything was in a neat little pile. Her mother tapped on the door and waved at her. Sharon slowly raised her hand and smiled. After a while, when Mary Lou, Molly O'Toole, and Susan Gray came over to roller skate, Mrs. Rogers was terribly pleased to see that Sharon was the most graceful skater of all. Mrs. Rogers used to be afraid to watch Sharon skate because she skated like double grease lightning and banged into trees, tripped over stones, and fell flat on her face, and used to do very dangerous, heedless things like skating down a hill backwards. Now she sailed down the street on one foot, as airy and graceful as a leaf. She even won when they had a race because her strokes were long and she watched where she was going and avoided rough places. When she came in from lunch, Mrs. Rogers almost fainted to see her carefully unlatch and open the gate and then close it after her. She was carrying her roller skates and she put them in the hall closet where they belonged instead of tossing them on the porch. At lunch, instead of gulping a mouthful of hot soup, giving a yell, and spraying it around the kitchen, Sharon waited a little for the soup to cool and then ate it slowly and daintily. When she had finished, she said to her mother, You know, mother, I feel so funny today, sort of slow and floaty, and everything seems so easy. I don't bump into things. I haven't broken a single thing, and I can roller skate just beautifully. Mrs. Rogers said, I've noticed it, Sharon. You move slowly and gracefully like a queen. It must be that you have a, had a very restful sleep last night. Sharon said, I think that must be it. She kissed her mother and went upstairs and changed her clothes. Instead of whamming through the swinging door so that it clanged against the wall on the other side, clumping up the stairs, and crashing open the door of her room, Sharon slipped through the swinging door, went up the stairs and tiptoed and gently clink and gently clicked open the door of her room. Mrs. Rogers had tears of joy in her eyes as she got all of her nice little knick-knacks and put them back on the shelves and tables. She even called Mrs. Green, explained the wonderful change in Sharon and invited her over for tea. Mrs. Green came. But she approached the Rogers' house wryly, and with great caution, as though it were a bomb. Sharon was just leaving for the moving pictures show when she stopped and greeted Mrs. Green, apologizing again for breaking her glasses, and was so quiet, gentle, and charming that Mrs. Green couldn't believe it was Sharon, and thought that perhaps it was really a secret twin. When Mrs. Rogers explained about Mrs. Pigglewiggle's magic powder, Mrs. Green was terribly interested and asked if she could borrow a little to put on her husband when he played golf. If he misses a shot, she told Mrs. Rogers, he roars like a lion and breaks the clubs over his knees. He's broken two sets already, and it is only April. Mrs. Rogers ran upstairs to get the magic powder because she knew she wouldn't need it anymore.